Welcome to Catfish Weekly along with James Smith. I'm Lyle Stokes. James, we're going to have some fun tonight with a good friend, Jake, with Jigging for J with Jake. And uh, I've been watching his videos for some time. He lives over near Springfield, Illinois, and he's got a bunch of cool videos out. And he's a multi-species fisherman, but I've been watching him catch some really nice catfish all summer. Uh, James, you have anything you need to go over uh, before we get started with Jake today? No, I don't think I want to say congratulations to Doc. I don't. I hadn't seen him in chat, but uh, on that seventy-six pounder he put in the boat today, John, I don't know. Is that? I wonder. Is that his biggest fish? Don't think so. Okay. Anyway, that's good fish. Congratulations, Doc, for you in here. Oh yeah, it was, it was a giant. It, uh, uh, glad he had some help down there getting some pictures taken yes. because it's hard enough to get a picture taken of a quality fish when you're by yourself in a boat. But if you get a true giant like that, it's almost impossible to do because uh, Doc doesn't do much filming of anything like that. So he'd be trying to hold that big thing and take take pictures. And I've actually had uh, years ago when I caught some good ones, I would have to go to the bank and have people take pictures of my fish by myself of what I'd done. But we didn't have video cameras and video phones and all that stuff in those days had you had a 35 millimeter and it took film and yeah. <laughs> you get to the bank and find somebody to do it and they didn't know how to operate the camera so you yeah. were still kind of in trouble but you know that's why i video with my phone because you can go back and screenshot off the video now it might not be the best picture you got well but these daggum, these phones got some pretty good cameras on them, so you Every can screen. They come out with new cameras. They come out with better, uh, or video phones. They come out with better cameras and video cameras and stuff on them. They get better every year. Will they ever be uh, as good as a uh, real live, honest to goodness video camera? In my opinion, no. But they're plenty good enough for what you and I and most other people do. Um, Oh, they better than the GoPros. I think they are. And they they are. give you the big fish eye looking stuff. Although um, there's tricks to get around some of that with GoPros, but you really got to play with them to get it done. Right. The guys that really know how to use them can do some awesome video with them. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. They just they just get better all the time. And and uh, one thing that they are really good at. And, and hang tight, Jake. I make a point here. You're good. Is the live feed stuff like we've done the last two weekends with Chad and D? Um, now, we had a really bad day yesterday, but we still had a lot of fun. Uh, those cameras on those phones, the what what hinders you more than the quality of the video is the signal that you receive out on the water or wherever you're using it. But you know. If you guys haven't watched the stuff that happened the last two weeks on Fishing with the Chad and his uh, YouTube couples video, you need to go back and watch them. They're six hours apiece, four days of it. It was an absolute blast to be a part of that, and him and Dee worked really, really hard. And Mark helped him yesterday with uh, narrating some of the stuff and, the, and go between that thing. And it was a really, really fun deal to be a part of. Um, I thought we was ready to go and we wasn't, we couldn't see to drive up there hardly. And 
We got up there and there's a line of boats waiting to put in because it was so foggy. They couldn't back down the ramp or didn't want in the water. And we had to wait in line. And, just, and it went from that to worse. Uh, and when my trolling motor quit, I knew we was in trouble, you know, because I had I haven't thrown an anchor in forever and hadn't planned on doing it yesterday. But I end up having to just to be able to try to fish. And that didn't work out very well either. But, you know, there'll be another and we'll be ready to go for the next one. Now, the only thing I caught on my Saturday was this hat. It was floating in the water. Oops, excuse me. It was floating in the water, and it's a high-dollar freaking hat. I brought it home, threw it in the dishwasher, and made it like new. I got to tell you, that's a lot more than what we did. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more. Jake, welcome to Catfish Weekly. We've been looking forward to having you on the show with us. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, man. How did you get started in making YouTube videos and – and uh, it seems like you've been doing it forever, and I know you really haven't been. Yeah, no. Uh, channel launched in November of last year. Um, I, I kind of got started from a local uh, crappie plastics company. The owner there uh, put me in charge of some of his uh, social media advertising, put me on as a field rep, and uh, was really into the crappie fishing scene, started watching a lot of YouTube videos to kind of up my game and get a little bit better at, at specific species in targeting them. Um, years past, I'd always been just a fun fisherman. You know, you go out with your two general rods and reels and you go fishing for whatever you want to go fishing for that day. But uh, getting a little older, you know, the, the families uh, getting older, kids are growing up and it was time for me to maybe get a little bit of a hobby and focus on something. So I, I picked something I've loved since I was a kid and that was fishing. Absolutely, man. I enjoy the videos very much, and I know you do a lot of crappie stuff. I believe, uh, and I may be wrong with this. I may have got you crossed up with someplace, but I dearly love to watch bluegill videos. Oh, I've got some of those, and I believe that's where I first seen you was catching bluegills, and I was hooked because uh, I don't know what it is about them little boogers, but I can watch people catch them all day long. In fact, I've been known to switch off of a uh, catfish video that I've already seen before to watch somebody when it pops up on a notification that they just posted a new bluegill catching. Well, that's good to know. You that's know, I, I really like bluegill, and I like to catch them, you know, like to eat them, but uh, I, I'm sure that's where I first seen you. Yeah. Yeah. Love to eat them. Oh, love yeah. Love catch them. Love to eat them. Yeah. My wife I'm going to tell you something that's helped me catching these big brim in the farm ponds, and it's hard to find. And as the little bitty rapulas, the countdown rapulas, rapalas, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call them, I have slaughtered some two pound, big old knotted head up bluegill and farm ponds wow. on that little bitty tiny rapala. Yeah. But they're hard to find them things. Surely I find them. I'm 35 miles from Bass Pro. <laughs> uh, but in, uh, they never have them. Yeah. For some reason, they never have them. But I've slaughtered big old crappy. I've caught catfish on them cotton picking things, largemouth, big bluegill. For some reason, when them little bitty daggum, looks like a little bitty shad or a little bitty minnow, whatever, but they will tear that some gun up. Heck yeah. So, Jake. We got a, I don't know if you know who Kevin is with Palmetto Cats or not. He, yeah. he's one, okay. Yeah, Kevin has made a post 
and, and we're going to go over some of you people in chat here in just a second. But Kevin says, jigging with Jake, I'm digging that hat. Where can I get one? Shall we tell them or not? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if we should start with 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 one of those quite yet. But I, I do have a merchandise store that's currently live. Uh, if you guys want to help the channel out and show some support, you're you're welcome to do so. You can find it on my Facebook page. Actually, those, there's a link on my Jigging with Jake Facebook page where you can find that. Well, that's an awesome looking hat. I hadn't noticed it. I knew you had it on because we've been talking for a little bit before the show started, but I didn't see how great it looks until he mentioned that. So uh, yeah, it's like it's embroidered on there. It is. It's an embroidered hat. Yep. The company that I'm, I'm working with, I tell you, they do great work. I had uh, the store opened in June and uh, the quality of the product that came from, from it, the embroidered hats and the screen printing was just really, really great quality. So stuck with them and, and opened it again here in the fall, try to get, uh, you know, Christmas gifts for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is that a uh, local company you're dealing with? It is. Yeah. They're actually based out of peak in Illinois. Um, well, I know where that's at. And it's, it's a hands-off process for me. I shot some ideas towards them and, and actually James, there's a, a new design that I've got out. I think you'd definitely like, um, it's got the American flag and fishing, fishing is freedom is kind of the, the logo. Oh, oh yeah. And it's got a catfish or a crappie design. So I know I got a lot of folks in both areas that keep up with me. Well, cool. yep, I'll check that out. So as soon as it hits the market, I'll definitely be your first buyer. Heck yeah. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> Let's Bob's go. got one of my hats on. It's embroidery too, because I of the do. way the logo is. You couldn't, there's no other process at work. You, yeah. you just had to have it embroidered. Here's another one in here. LG Bass says, Lyle, ask Jake about his cool bait holder genius cool bait holder genius he says it's a genius so i don't know what it what he's talking about but he uh, really likes it <laughs> I, I just recently started using uh a product from peregrine it's a bucket pack that actually one of my subscribers set me up with ken daniels um and, and it's excellent for bank crappie fishing it's literally a five gallon bucket you strap on your back it's got a few pockets in it that can hold a couple of small tackle boxes and some jigs and crappie plastics and you're walking down there with that on your back and your poles in your hand and that's it that's all you go. got something to set on and something to carry your stuff in you got to keep your fish in and everything there you go that may be what he's talking about i'm not sure probably so <laughs> Let's run through some of the people that's in chat right quick, uh, and uh, then we'll get back to seeing what we can discover about you. Sure uh, thing. Sonny Parker, Chrissy Brown, Mike Turner, Skip Stewart, Justin Fishing Fetish, Ernie Brown, Buckeye Catfishing, LG Bass, my buddy Sonny Catnabber Parker, uh, Mike Irwin, Creole Catfishing, K&B, Ace Catfishing. You see some I missed? Say Maurice and JP3 and Avid. Uh, D, D crazy. Tim Molina. D and Chad's in the house. The James Dockery Fishing. <laughs> Kentucky Catfishing. Half Crazy Catfishing. Creole, congratulations. Ohio Cat Chaser Skip Stewart. Cindy's in the house. Tim Molina. Probably got him. Kentucky I see Mark over there at Catfish and Crappie. Catfishing yeah. property marks. He he is a big fan of yours, and he's a he's a I'm a fan of his and yours both. So that made it really cool. 
uh, I really like Mark, and he's so helpful to everybody. It's Definitely. Awesome. See a new one in here. He might be a friend of yours, a tangoed sucker. That'd be my brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's Keep a crazy name. <laughs> Keep an eye on him. All Keep right. an eye on him. We'll go back and try to catch some more of these up. There's K and B and Stan. <laughs> Dinks Outdoors, Ernie Brown. All right. Say, crappy's your mainstay, huh? Well, I don't want to say that necessarily. Uh, that's kind of where the channel got started. But um, last summer, probably about June, I, I decided that I was going to fish for the biggest darn fish in the water I could come across. And I told my brother that I was going to be doing that. He said, I'm on board. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, so <laughs> away, away we went. And uh, probably about the second or third trip out, I landed about a 17-pound uh, striper over at one of our local lakes. And uh, I sent him pictures, and boy, he was just as excited as could be. About a week later, we were over there fishing together, and he hooked into a 20-pounder. And, and his came before the sun went down, so we got some just amazing pictures of his fish. Mine didn't – I still ended up with pretty good pictures, but – his was just a beautiful catch and uh, really good pictures. And we spent all last summer targeting big catfish, uh, learned a lot, definitely, and transitioned that into some of the stuff I've been doing this summer. I want to hit something here before we continue. Uh, Justin's Fishing's Fetish would like to know, how do you get a hat if you don't do Facebook? Um, well, if you do YouTube, you can check my uh most recent videos, the two most recent videos, there's links in the description for that online merchandise store as well. There we go. That takes care of that. Yep. And you, what do you use PayPal for pay? No, it's, it's a full online operational store. So it's, it's all done with, with payments right there. Now the way it works is the store is open for two weeks during that time orders are placed and, and payments are collected at the end of that two weeks, the shop then prints and ships to everybody that's placed an order. So generally it's about seven to 10 days after the, the stores close that everybody receives their merchandise. Chad and Palmetto just put your link. Uh, appreciate that guys. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you guys. So, uh, but crappy, I mean, like you said, crappy basically got you started and stuff. Well, and I know you probably like to eat crappy as much as you yeah, like. You know, it, man, I stack them up in the freezer this time of year. It's uh, it's a ton of fun, and and the fall is is really my favorite time to get out there. There's a good solid group of guys on, at the home lake that I fish that we all get down there. There's good camaraderie and and a fun time. We poke each other's ribs a little bit, and everybody's tackle box is open to the other guy. And uh, we find a color that may be working or what depth we're catching them in. And away we go, man. The goal is just to catch fish and have fun down there. There you go. Awesome. You do much trolling for them or are you mainly anchored up on top of them? Or I'm a bank guy, my friend. I, I just recently bought a kayak. Uh, but beyond that, very rarely am I out on a boat. You'll catch me on the bank most of the time. And, and here recently I have done a couple float trips on that kayak targeting some white bass. Uh, but have yet to get after the crappie on it so far. It's in white bass. We had them for years in Wiley. And then when they put them white perch in there, the white bass is finally, they're gone. Yeah, that's I terrible. missed them, son of a gun. It's a good fighting fish. Oh, yeah, yeah. But now let's go to bank fishing. 
Sure. That's something that you really have to learn the fish itself because you are limited. Yeah. Do you use, you take that, gather that information, say, all right, today, fall. I need, I know I need to go to this side of the lake to catch these crappy or this landing or this piece of land to get to where I need to go. But in the spring or summertime, I need to go here. What helps you make that decision as to um, where to go? Time, time out there doing it, my friend. Um, you know, it's it been a lot of learning to, uh, to get used to where you can locate those fish, find those fish consistently. I was watching one of you guys' shows here recently talking about keeping a fishing journal. And, yep. and I don't necessarily keep a fishing journal, but I try to keep it right up here as much as I can and, and know where I found fish, when I found fish, and how I've caught them. And, you know, there's no fancy electronics from the bank. I do use Navionics, though, and and that's definitely a, a good tool. You know, if you're stuck on the bank, Navionics is a great tool to get to know kind of what depths are out there in front of you that you may not actually know just standing there. If you've never been out on a bank and had somebody with those electronics to take you over those spots. I have another question, Jake. Yeah. I've been, I've got two screens up so I can hold it on one. LG Bass said that was not it. It was a collapsed, cloak collapsible. Oh, that's a little something I learned from another YouTuber, actually. I won't take the credit for that. Old uh, uh, Catfish and Carp Luke over there uses those mesh laundry baskets to keep bait in. And I picked up on that. And I tell you what, it's it's uh, a real great way to keep your live bait lively. You know, it used to keep them in a wire basket and the fins get all beat up and then yeah. they don't want to swim real good when they're out on uh, float rigs or out on the bottom. And so that that mesh basket, man, it keeps them real fresh and lively. So he's right. I, I got something a little special there up my sleeve, but that's not an original. That didn't come from me. Right. Hey, if it works, it works. That's daggum right. That's, that's it, man. That's what YouTube's good for. You can learn a whole heck of a lot just watching some of these videos. You know, you'd be surprised at the at the comments and emails and messages we get from people that's watched our shows, even the ones that go back years and years ago and watched some of the old shows, and they'll pick up a little tidbit here or there. And and I'll get a message say I watched such and such show of then the number of it and the information on that was so good and Doc's tip of the week that he used to do all the time I still get messages from people says how come nobody else ever thinks of that well because they're not Doc Lang that's that's why you know and it's it's that simple um, but I see Betty Jean Cross is in the chat tonight Betty Jean was one of the boats that was really close to Doc when he caught that fish I have seen her in chat and on video before and get pretty excited, but she was really, really wound up today when Doc put that fish in the boat. She, her and her husband have put some good fish in the boat today themselves. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. I'm glad they're enjoying their time down in Alabama and a hurricane got pushed through. And other than getting a little wet, I think they're going to be okay. Yep. Now, go on to your catfishing a little bit. All right. What? Now, you got them stripers, but yet that still ain't the biggest fish in the waters. No, no. 
I mean, in my area, uh, blue cats and, and flatheads are, are really my main target. Uh, we've got Lake Springfield that they stocked with blue cats many years back. And last summer, the lake record was broke twice. It was, it was set at 88 pounds, I think, broken in June of last year. And then in August, I think somebody tipped it to 92. Now, I, I called it last year and said there'd probably be a 100-pound fish caught out of there this year. But my brother's out fishing tonight. He's on the bank over there at Lake Springfield right now, and he can tell you just as well as me, the fishing's been tough on Lake Springfield for blues. And so I really haven't been over there too much, uh, maybe a handful of times since I caught a couple good ones in the spring right around Memorial Day. Um, so I've been mainly fishing another lake, um, Lake San Chris, got a really good healthy flathead population and uh, got a couple mid twenties over there this summer. And I may be out there tomorrow morning after him again. We'll see. Maybe <laughs> I may throw a flathead rod out and still fish for some crappie at the same time. We'll see. Now, does your lakes freeze over in the wintertime? I, both of those are power plant lakes. However, the, the bad thing about it is, is, um, San Chris just announced that the power plant there is going to be in the phase of shutting down over the next six years. Uh, last year, they ran the plant very little, and it did actually freeze over all the way to the north end of the lake. The power plant's on the south end of that lake, and usually the dam end, which is on the north side, stays open all winter. You get down there and fish, you know, middle of February, and it's open water. Um, went down there probably second week of January, took my brother out. He's not a real big early bird guy, but I got him up at 5 a.m., took him down there to do some crappie fishing on one of the coldest days of the winter, and, <laughs> and there was hardly any open water to do it in. Oh. Dang. Now, which lake Springfield, was that? Springfield stays pretty pretty open. It, it, it's The power plant on it, uh, it's a city water, light, and power, so it's operated by the city of Springfield. So it's it stays a little bit more open up there around the hot, hot ditch area, stuff like that. You ever fish Powerton? I've been there once. Okay. I made a trip up there last January. And when they tell you it's a long walk out there, you better believe it. That ain't no joke. That's what they say. I also understand there's been some, some really good fish caught out of there. Yeah. Some guys that go up there a lot of times just looking for bait. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good lake. It's got some real trophy size blues in it, and uh, you put your time in up there. You can definitely get on them. Uh, your brother says he is getting skunked as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm praying. Say, yeah, he likes sleeping in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm praying for you, brother. You've been on the struggle bus for a while. <laughs> you never know. It can, can, tonight could be the night. It's hard. Yeah. Are y'all allowed to use game fish as bait in the no. state of Illinois? No. no we, now, we can use bluegill. Uh, right. Bluegill and, and green sunfish, but crappie, uh, largemouth, no, you can't use any of those. Uh, e even if they're over the, the legal length right. run, you still can't use them. All right. Okay. I, I know a lot of states you can. I don't think in Lyle states you can either. Now, here in North Carolina, we can. That's why I was asking. Sure. I wish we could. Because I'm one of them people, I get on a mess of crappy, I'll cut and skin them right there on the boat, throw the heads in a Ziploc baggie, throw them on ice for the catfishing trip, and the bluegill the same way, boy. 
Yeah. That's a great idea, don't you, Jake? <laughs> oh, uh, I'd love to do that because there's plenty of crappie heads that I could have frozen up for wintertime catfish. And that's, see, that's what I don't understand. You should be able to do that. I, I mean, you think about it. If you take a mess of crappie home, then that head's going waste. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm just feeding the fish. Yeah. You're, you know, that blows my mind about stuff like that more than anything else. Um, I despise spoonbill as far as eating them. They're nasty. I don't care how you fix them or who says how great they are. They're not. <laughs> They're disgusting to eat. They catch them things on Lake the Ozark and Truman by the tons every year. They skin them, gut them, dress them right there at every boat ramp you try to go to. And you're not allowed to pick those parts up and use them for bait. And I've been told for ever that that's some of the greatest catfish bait of all times. And I don't know why is the internal parts of spoonbill. Hmm. But if you get caught with that in your boat or using it, it's bad news. And the, I, the only thing that ever happens to it that I don't know, other than the people that do use it and talk about it behind the scenes, is the coons and the possums and whatever else eats them. Because like I say, every boat ramp uh, in spoonbill season, you, you just, it's really hard to stomach if you can't got a weak stomach because they just clean them right there, right, right there on the bank and they're everywhere. But they tell me if you get caught, it's the, the fines are astronomical for whatever yeah. reason. And I don't, I don't never have understood why, uh, why, if if it's they're done with it and it's not something that's edible, why it would be a problem used for bait? But it's not allowed. Well, well he all said, yeah, he said somebody lied to you, Lyle. He's used it and couldn't get nothing on it with no luck. Well, I don't know. This <laughs> guy up here catch it. Yeah, I guess it depends on what waters too. You know, well, it may be, and this is all during usually during their spawn time. So you might have the eggs or part of whatever is involved with that yeah. on, but that's true it, it doesn't matter to me but that piece of gristle that goes down through the middle of them things if that would make bait it'd be like asian carp it'd stay on forever <laughs> <Couldn't pick laughs> up, huh? no, no, what is your favorite catfish bait up in the area you're fishing well i use a lot of shad for blues and then uh, a lot of bluegills and green sunfish for the flathead um, would love to use some, some bullhead, but a lot of the, the bullhead in the lakes that I fish, they're tough to come across. They're in there, but you just don't catch them as often as you used to. And they will get thinner and thinner the bigger the population of flatheads grow. Yeah. I promise yeah. you. We had tons in Wiley. I hadn't seen one called in many a year out of Wiley. So yeah, there's all kinds of little creeks that I can go catch them in, but Illinois yeah. is the same way about transporting bait you got to use bait in the waterway that you're fishing and that you caught it from you can't transport bait in from another waterway and david was talking about his dumb in north carolina said you can't use the the heads of the game fish like the crappie or the largemouth nope. bass they don't want you to separate in the heads i do anyway you know I, you can tell by head if it's legal limit you know yeah. limit Ours yeah. is the old crappy is like eight inches. It don't take a big head to make an eight inch fish. Right. So I, I guess it'd be really the call of the game warden, but 
bluegill. Now, you prefer them live or cut for your for your flatheads? I generally run live. Yeah, um, I'm fairly new to the flathead fishing game. I've I've always wanted to get on big flatheads, but never really applied the knowledge that I've learned over the years until this past couple years. So I've heard of guys using cut bait in early spring and, and maybe late fall, but uh, primarily live is what I've been throwing and had some good success on it. There you go. Oh, you got some questions? Um, I'm just kind of, I'm sorry. I'm just going through, uh, through chat. Thank you, Avid. I could you I can stand to be blessed after the beating we took yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you took a hard one, but you was a trooper, buddy. You come out swinging. We we went there to have a good time, and we had a good time. Uh, I do get aggravated when things don't go go right, and and I can deal with some things not going right, but when everything goes wrong, <laughs> it gets a little old pretty pretty quick for me. Yes, sir. Oh, it is what it is. It's, it's still be sitting home watching TV. Now, uh, your crappy, you know, finding them crappy can also give you some hints on finding them catfish. Yeah. When the crappy are hitting the banks around here, we go with, I noticed back in the day for channel cats, we would fish with fresh shrimp at the time. The and crappy hit the bank spawning to catch the catfish. Something about that smell, because all fish have a smell during the spawn. Sure. You can smell it in the water. You can smell bluegills on a pond when they're spawning and stuff. So I know the catfish smell that different sense. Uh, and we would use shrimp. As much as I hate to say, because I hate store-bought baits, uh, it worked. You mean you're not using any of that Kool-Aid chicken? Florida, hey man, I, I, I've had it on my boat three times. All three times, I went home with a skunk. So yeah, the chicken I'm won't sorry. enter my boat unless it's fried up in a bucket. Right? <laughs> but yeah. no, yeah, what what you're talking about? I mean, like right now, uh, crappier moved in on on one of the lakes uh, on the the dam area, and what I find is is when the crappie move in there in the fall to start feeding on all the shad stacking up on the rocks, the flathead come in right behind them because they're in there looking for those shad just like the crappie are. Yep. And you start sure. catching some flathead on crappie jigs. Matter of fact, a, a friend of mine caught a five-pound flathead uh, last night out there fishing for crappie. My largest daggum channel cat, 16-pound channel, come on a little bitty black flick tail crappie fishing. Yeah. Now that son of a gun on four pound line run me up and around the docks for 30 freaking minutes before I got him in and had to throw all the line away when we got through. But when I lift him up, buddy, that was that was better than any fish I've caught in my freaking life. I earned that fish. That's right. That's that's but a rough who, who, and I always wondered, and I'm gonna ask your opinion too. Did that daggum catfish grab that flick tail? Or did that catfish going after a brim that was going after that flake tail and just happened to get the flake tail in his mouth? That's a good question. That'll never be able to be well, answered. <laughs> we have a couple of questions in chat. Uh, Junior Proctor with Blue Dog Fishing, one of the greatest planer boards on the market, says, what is Jake's personal best blue cat? Personal best blue cat? I tell you what, I didn't get a weight on it. It was probably my third, third or fourth video I think that I put out. 
uh, last December. It was a 36 inch blue cat. I, I would guess it probably somewhere between 23 and 25 pounds. Great fish. Yeah. Good belly on it, huh? Oh yeah. That's yep. a big difference. You know, you, you caught the same catfish after it spawned out and it might weigh 19 pounds. And then when you catch it for his belly full, it'll be 23 to 25 pounds. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to hold down the show for a minute. I'll be right back. Yep. Mark with catfishing and crappie uh, asked Jake how he likes his new kayak. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I've got uh, lots of modifications lined up. I'm going to be doing uh, some stuff I'm going to be filming to take everybody along with me on some of the stuff I'm doing to it. And uh, the, the few trips that I've had out on it fishing have just been a, a blast. Once I get the modifications done on it, you better believe next year there'll be some big catfish coming in over the side of that thing. That's awesome. Um, setting hooks and crossing eyes wants to know how many flatheads out of Springfield. Excuse me. I, I have not caught a flathead out of Springfield since I was probably about maybe 15 years old. Really? Um, Springfield's kind of a tough lake. It's a residential lake, so there's mm -hmm. not a lot of bank structure other than docks. And so, you know, your bank access areas, again, same thing. There's just not a lot of structure there. Now, there's big flathead in there, um, but it, they're just, they're tough to find. I, and with the blue cat population being so healthy in there, honestly, uh, I leave my, my flathead fishing to San Chris and my blue cat fishing to Springfield. Maybe that's just me being a little bit older and stuck in my ways, but <laughs> uh, you know, I understand how that works out. Um, there was something else in here. I'm trying to find. I went past it. Um, gosh darn it! It gets to flying, and I've got two uh, two pages up that's got the. Um, chat in it so i get from one and goes to the other yeah there's a question i asked you all ago about powerton that wasn't it you fish any of the rivers uh near you or come down the don't mean to interrupt guys fish down there my american flag just got i thought my front porch was being tore off the house Oh, wow. A big old buck was tangled up in my American flag, ripped the stand and stuff, slammed off the side of the porch, and drove my flag down through the freaking woods on his antlers. Uh, oh. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's Leave why I jumped up. It sounded like somebody tearing my daggum porch off out there. I guess he come running through there, and my flag's hanging off the porch, and his antlers run right through it, and he got hung up on it. Oh, wow. I just tearing the daggum railing off my freaking porch. Holy crap. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> that was crazy. Mills Outdoors would like to know what your favorite bait is this time of year. Uh, this time of year, a lot of shad. Uh, even even for flathead, when I start going back over and, and targeting those over at uh, San Chris, probably be pitching the cast net out, getting some live shad out there. I um, For me... Pretty much uh, November on up till spring, it's shad around. Of course, Lake Ozark doesn't have really anything else for bluegill, uh, panfish for for bait, uh, natural bait. So that's pretty much it year round. But if I was fishing on uh, the the rivers, Mississippi, Missouri, 
shad in the winter time is is the stuff that I use. It, yeah. It'll outperform the other stuff ten to one, with the exception of golden eye or moon eye when you can find it. But it's really hard to find in in the cold weather. It is hard for me to find it. Yeah, and we don't have a lot of those around here. We got a smaller river that's fairly close by the Sangamon River. Uh, beyond that, I'd be making an hour drive to the Illinois or an, about an hour and 45 to the Mississippi. So to answer your question, Lyle, do I fish rivers? Um, the small river, the Sangamon, I used to, you may as well have called me a river rat in my early 20s. That was the only place I was fishing. I was down at the river catching carp and, and channel cat and stuff like that. Um, but anymore, I haven't targeted the river much. Again, bank access is tough. But with this new kayak, I'll be set up on some brush piles next summer. I believe that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I'm anxious to see how that works out. Stephen says, Lyle, have you ever fished the Merrimack River? A uh, long, long time ago, but um, uh, it drains into the Mississippi, and we had some tournaments out of a boat ramp on it a long time ago, but I haven't been down there in some time. Last time I was down there, it was flooded so bad that uh, the Mississippi was flooded so bad that uh, there was no current in the Merrimack because the Mississippi was so high, the water couldn't get out. And it was like fishing a lake. But yeah, I have fished it, but it's been been a long time ago. Lyle, you want to give something away? Hey, man, that's all up to you. You uh, may as well. That fishing said is Jake yeah. from the, Jake from the Springfield, Illinois area. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on here. You got a great group of fans on here. I know some of you guys had asked about these hats. So I'm going to give somebody uh, one of the embroidered jigging with Jake hats. They're available in four different colors. So um, we'll let Lyle draw a winner and you guys just get with me and let me know what color you want. I'll ship it out to you. Okay, Jake, give me. I'm going to sign off and put my name in on the list. No, no. no. <laughs> give me just a second to get this pulled up here. If sure you thing. And I'll get everybody that's in chat in there. And somebody said something about the flag. Yes, I will do a proper uh, Amazon catfish. I will do a proper disposal of the flag. Always, my friend. In fact, I got a big collection of them that uh, need to be done. I'll take them to the honor guard and we do a proper, proper dealing with them. Yep. I got three right now that need to go to the same place. Yeah. Matter of fact, the one I got hanging right now needs to be replaced. I just got a new one. Right. A lot of times I'm doing working on an old workshop and stuff, and I'll I'll actually hang them up. Uh, yeah. Inside my thing instead of displaying them, uh, just because I just love the the colors. So, go ahead, Lyle. We ready to roll? Well, I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> give me. You got to give me just a few minutes here. Yeah, Michael Morello, he'll probably end up getting an hour before the season's over with. I'm getting a little low in the freezer. I'm not a hunter, but uh, I'm going to start taking me one a year just for some meat. Uh, in fact, I just had a big old deer stew cooked up, made me a big old cake of cornbread, and it's uh, what we have for supper tonight. Now, do y'all have white perch in the wa in your waters up there? Not, not any of the, the areas that I fish as of yet, no. It's, they don't look nothing like they. In fact, they ain't even kin to the yellow perch. They uh, they look like a white bass. Uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen some YouTubers that have have used okay. them, and caught them and stuff. So I, I I'm pretty sure I'd be able to identify them if I got into any. Now we've got 
yellow bass and, and white bass and hybrids and stripers and stuff like that. But I've, I've never came across any, any white perch. I just wonder, I, I've just been curious how widespread they really are. You, when oh, they right. get into the waters, they will decimate waters as far as crappy populations and stuff like that. Now the crappy will make a good comeback, but at the first they, they decimate them hard. And some daggum eating fish. Go ahead, Lyle. We're ready to roll. I've got them all loaded up. Everybody that's in chat, if you, Jake, if you'll give me a number between one and five, we'll mix them up that many times. Right on. We'll go with four. One, two, three, and four. And the winner is Justin's fishing fetish. Congratulations, Justin. Heck yeah. Congratulations, buddy. Good boy. Good man. Yes, he is. Good deal. Yeah. Outstanding job there. Yeah. Appreciate you coming in. So you've been fishing basically all your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dad and, and Grandma, they'd have me out there with cane poles. And you know, it was just an inexpensive way of entertainment and putting some food on the table. Matter of fact, my grandma was the one that first taught me how to scale and clean bluegills. So uh, it, it was on from there. And I got there a great go. question for you here. You're going to find this amusing when you think about it. But when you was fishing as a kid, a small child, with your parents or grandparents, was you ever tied up to the gate going to the pond? Was I ever what? Tied to the fake gate, the fence gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. Yeah. When I was little. We lived out in the country and dad farmed some ground. And um, my mother and my older brother would go down to the pond and fish. And I would play in the water. And after I'd get a switch and get my ass whooped, I would get tied to the gate so I'd stay out of the water so they could catch fish. And I'm 50, 63 years old, and I still remember that. Yeah, I, I can't say that that ever happened. They had a hard time getting the fishing rod out of my hand. So. Oh, man, well, I was too little or we didn't have enough or something. I, you know, I wasn't fishing, but I was playing in the water, and that only happened one time. And when Mom was fishing, you never played in the water no more. <laughs> didn't want to be tied to that gate. I don't blame you. <laughs> I didn't want to be tied to the gate, but that uh, peach uh, limb oh, wow. didn't feel all that good. No. <laughs> no doubt. No. And but they didn't lay no slack. They let the smoke come off that switch across your tail. Oh, I got it for one time. I don't remember what I'd done now, but uh, my dad had some of the original Zebco threes and sixes and one of them had one of the very first fiberglass rods ever made, and the other one was stainless steel. And I done something one time, got that one of them across the back of my legs, and whatever that was, I'm pretty sure I never done that again either. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's a hey, different well, time when we grew up then, you know. Oh yeah. It was it was kind of like I am with my dog. I'm going to tell you no once, and if you don't do that, then I'm going to give you a little stimulation with this electric collar. And you only got told once in the early 1960s, and you better be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Two buddies I grew up with live right behind us. Their grandma, she was heck on wheels, son. And them boys would get out there fighting. You know, they brothers. They're going to fight. She'd tell them, go get a hickory. Go get yeah. me a hickory, each one of you. Well, the That's one come back good. with the whip, the littlest hickory, and he, he made that mistake only one time. 
Because what she'd do, she'd make them face opposite of each other and then shake hands. And when they shake hands, she'd tie their hands together and say, all right, boys, get to whooping. And the first one that quits, I will. And, uh, and you know, the one that come back with little hickory, man, he lost every time. Oh, they learned yeah. real quick, boy. Them boys run around in circles, wearing each other's tail out, and I laughed. And Grandma would whoop them both. She'd think the only one of them going to get whooped by her nah, nah. But it's time to get her to good and run. So she'd wear them out, boy. That dancing, I laughed at them boys. Well, I never so, did hold any of that against my parents, and I was no. kind of tough on my boys growing up. Um, maybe not quite to that extent, but they <laughs> turned out pretty good, and I'm very proud of them. And they both have a high deal of respect because of it. So uh, it, it works out. I, I, it really does. So tell us a little bit about your deal with the crappy, the jig people and stuff that you're telling me a lot about. Your, uh... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm still hooked up with those guys. Uh, Lee Sharp and the guys over at Brush Pile Jigs. They're a local company that makes crappie plastics. And uh, they make a really good, solid product. Uh, lots of different body styles, lots of different um, sizes, uh, just real good quality, quality product. It's something that when I started using almost immediately, my success rate went up. So I was on board. And so, you know, bought a lot of their product at first. And then that's kind of how I got talking with them and and uh, started fishing with some of the guys, been on a couple of fishing trips with them and stuff and uh, just kind of grew into a real good relationship from there. Good. I mean, that's uh, that means a lot of whether you catfish and crappy bass or whatever. When you find a product that it changes your way of fishing and the way the amount of fish that you actually get on the bank, it's something you have a tendency to stick with. And and now that that company's seen that you're willing to stick with them, seems like they're willing to stick with you also. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. They definitely give me a whole lot of support. So definitely appreciate them without a doubt. Palmetto Cats would like to know, are you really into dart throwing or is that just for decoration? Hey, honestly, I'm, I'm down here in my basement. This is kind of the, the one wall that I get in the house. The missus, <laughs> the, the missus takes over the rest of them. So this is kind of where I've plucked a couple of things. I, I do throw a lot of darts. I used to quite a bit. Um, not necessarily so much anymore, but. Well, you know, I, I had never was any good at it. We had dart board a long time when the kids were growing up and when I was a kid, but I never was any good at it, so it never held my attention span very long. Yeah. Eddie Hoos and Crossing Eyes want to know how many flatheads have you got this year? This year I've caught probably five, but I think only three of them have made it in a video. Some of the other ones fairly small, two, three, maybe four-pound fish. Uh, nothing really noteworthy. Well, the, compared to that one James Dockery caught yesterday, them two and three pounders are giants. I couldn't believe it. That's that was a little bitty half a pound flathead. I don't think I've ever seen one that small. Yeah, I don't think he ever seen one that small either. In, fact, <laughs> in my mind, that is a bluegill, or not a bluegill, but a bullhead, and I don't think that that. Uh, that should count because the term it was supposed to be bluegills or uh, dang it, uh, it was supposed to be blues, flatheads, and channels. No bluegill, no bullheads was allowed. 
and uh, I think that uh, I think that was a bullhead, not a flathead. Uh, you can tell them that James might have been wishing and <laughs> never paid attention. Oh, they got me in a group messenger and it's tearing my oh, messenger oh, up. On my too. I don't know how that got in there, but yeah, the but uh, yeah. So you have caught some catfish out crappy fishing. Oh, a, a few. Yeah. The, the primarily the, the flatheads I'm talking about though, have been on trips where I've specifically been targeting the, the flatheads, but yeah, it, especially this time of year um, out there crappie fishing, it's, it's not uncommon to hook into a couple of flathead within the next month and a half, two months out there. I figured you'd probably get some channels too. Cause then channels look, you know, Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I feel like we're talking about all this crappy stuff. I'm a catfish guy too now, y'all. Have you any big trips to some some out water away from where you normally fish for cats? What's that now? I said, do you have any trips planned for water out away from where you normally fish for them? I I tell you, I'd like to get up to Powerton, but unfortunately they they close that down as of tomorrow for waterfowl season. And then it won't open up again until I think like the day after um, Christmas. So end of December, beginning of January, I'll make some trips up there. Um, We've got another local spillway that actually produces some pretty good flatheads um, over at Shelbyville. So may, may make a trip up there. But yeah, I need to probably get pushed a little bit out of my comfort zone. Start getting into some waters that I haven't fished. Like I said, uh, next next summer I'll definitely be on the river, uh, the Sangamon, hitting up some brush piles. Probably suspending some baits in those brush piles, looking for some of those Sangamon River flatheads. I can help you out on suspending baits. I'm all ears. Are I'm you ever? Do you ever uh, go out with anybody in a boat or have a desire to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, been out on a boat with a couple of the guys from from Brush Pile Jigs, had some invitations from some other guys um, connecting with them and matching up free time sometimes is tough, uh, especially in the line of work that I'm in. But um, yeah, I'm I'm open. I'm game. You want to put me on your boat? Let's go. Well, that's you know, I'm thinking that maybe we meet up next spring or summer and go to, down to St. Louis and jump out there on the Mississippi or Missouri and go after some. But after my, I'm getting ready to have shoulder surgery, so after that's done, um, I'm going to be raring to go when that heals up. I promise you. <laughs> oh, he might be interested in going up there with y'all to do that channel cat. Oh, Jake, if you haven't checked that out, I, I had forgot about it. We're going to Mendota and Cherokee Lake in May. After those giant channel cat that's up there, there'll be a bunch of us from uh, down in the lower part of the United States. Betty and Brandon are talking about going. Mark's going to be up there. I'm going to, Cindy and I are going to go up there. It'll be in May. And, uh, you know, that's right about the time. In May is usually when they spawn, and they'll be up in Cherokee Lake, and it's very shallow. Okay. And need uh, bluegill for bait. That's where I caught that 29.9. Whew giant channel cat and uh they're up in that shallow water getting ready to to spawn and you can just i mean unbelievable days uh yeah. we have a facebook page uh you need to check that out it's it's a, the Mendota thing mark if you're still here and put the, put a link in that up so jake can see that 
or just send it to him directly, either one. But anybody that's interested in catching some giant channel cat, I know Ace and a bunch of these guys are wanting to go up there uh, and catch some of those, and they are huge. I've fished yeah. Red River, and I've fished all over for channel cat, and the biggest ones I ever seen come out of Mendota and Cherokee Lakes. Well, that was one thing I was going to say. That was a place that it's always been on my bucket list is heading up to the Red River of Manitoba and getting some of them big channel cats that run up in there. So well, I've not been to, to Manitoba up there to that dam. I haven't been there, but I've fished it in the States and what is it, North Dakota, uh, up at Grand Forks. And there's a lot of quality fish in there, but not yeah. nothing likes in, in Mendota and Cherokee. Or at least check that out. Yeah, if somebody's got a link, set me up with that. Yeah, Mark, I'm sure Mark will be happy to take care of him. He's one of the guys that helped me set this up because he's wanting to go up there too. And uh, uh, I don't know how much crappie fishing's up there for you and him, but there's a lot of good catfishing up there. That's all right. I'm all for the catfishing too now. There you go, right. Yep. yep. Big channel cat that size, you daggum right. Shout of water too. When they get up on them tails and start walking like bass across there, you know business has picked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think Sonny Parker should go up there with us, too. That would be a blast. Yeah. Uh, what I was talking about suspended, though, look up on my website, and we'll set you up with some bobbers that okay. I make. They've got lights on them. Your brother likes night fishing. These come with lights on them, and uh, – they they hook you right. They good for suspended baits over deep structure or shallow waters. So uh -huh. it's uh, it works with a sinker slide. I mean a sinker slide and a bobber stop. So okay, okay. Uh, there, I didn't bring any up here. I'd show you one. Uh, Mark did send that link on there for you to to check out, but maybe he probably sent it to it. you. Great outdoors. I'd love to go up to North Dakota that late that dam and fish. Yeah, I you imagine not. catching channels that size. Oh. <laughs> talking about floats i use a lot of floats for flathead um the area that i one of the areas that i fish regularly is a lot of rocks so trying to put anything on the bottom uh, you're going to be losing gear like crazy so thanks uh, mark suspending baits under a float definitely keeps you from losing gear and um keeps those baits in front of that fish's face i don't have one up here to build them with me i'd show you one of them uh, just a pool noodle float Made out of pool noodles okay. with a light on them and a single gotcha. slide. I've seen some of those. Junior Proctor says he got his today. robbers today and he loves them. Yep. Uh, actually, I seen uh, Creole Creole ordered uh, some of the uh, pink ones for breast cancer awareness, and uh, his should be rolling in today or tomorrow. Probably oh. tomorrow because he's a little bit further south. It might take yeah, a little bit longer. He's way on down south. Yeah, he's way on down south. <laughs> so it might be a few more days before he gets them. Jake, I don't know if you've seen it the other night, but our viewer Creole catfishing, when the hurricane hit Louisiana, he invited all of us into his home and cooked up some jambalaya or something the other night while the hurricane was going through. I didn't see that, no. He was way on down south. It was extremely entertaining. He, he, him and Laura, his wife, and their children are, are just outstanding cat fishermen. They actually, uh, him and Laura won the uh, YouTube couple tournament. Uh, but uh, 
we had all had a great time with him cooking and taking us outside and seeing the wind and the rain and all the stuff was going on. It was, it was a really uh, an experience for us to never see hurricanes, you know, as they come through, but yeah. uh, you know, he was, it was really entertaining to watch. I'd seen where he posted up yesterday. They finally got power on or Sunday. One of the two days he finally got power on. They'd been out. One ton fishing hit me up on Messenger. I ain't I ain't pushing the sale on here. I just uh I'm letting Jake know that there's other opportunities of uh catching catfish. A lot of people don't realize that you can use a float to catch catfish, and it's a very versatile thing. Whether you use my floats or Chris Flores's floats, there's a lot of them out there. You just have to pick through and find out which one works best for you. Um but now, what is your what is your go to way of catching your catfish? Well, it depends on if it's blues or or, or flathead. Um, right. I've got a couple different flathead videos out from this past summer. Um, one of them was on just a Carolina rig with a live bluegill out on the bottom. The other one was with a float rig, um, and I actually did a video on how I set that float rig up. Now, my floats don't have any lights on them, and I've been right thinking of, they're just a big oversized super float just a big foam float been thinking about getting a smaller like uh, uh one of those snap glow in the dark wristband things you know to kind right. of wrap around it tape to give it something you can see it at night but you know you set your clickers and you, your lines fairly tight on those floats those clickers right. will let you know when you got one running yes um, yes so that's usually my two i mean i use a double dropper uh, rig too sometimes, especially in the fall, just to get a couple extra baits out there. Um, uh, Kentucky rig, what you talking about? Weight on the bottom of the two hook rig. It, yeah, weight yeah. on the bottom, and then yeah. you know two dropper loops with with hooks on them. We're allowed right. two two hooks and uh, per line and two rods here in Illinois. So in the fall, that'll give me four pieces of cut bait out there when I'm looking for those blue cats. There you go. Smart thinking. I don't blame you. More, a little bit more scent in the water. You got it. Yep. That's uh, Mississippi River. We're only allowed two, two rods per person, but you get away from the Mississippi River, and I assume that's a reciprocated thing with the state of Illinois. You get away from the from the Mississippi River, you're allowed three. Gotcha. <clears throat> that's the only place you can you can only use two, and you can use more, but you have to label them with either your conservation number or your name and address. I'd, I'd seen some of that. I tell you, some of these guys I watch on YouTube, they're using five and six rods. It's got me jealous when I'm out there stuck with two. What about these ones that uses 10 or unlimited? Right. I mean, That's why we are unlimited. I've seen guys that have 30 rods. How in the hell do you keep them from getting tangled up all the time? Yeah. You know, Junior Proctor, I talked to him today. He drags baits with 10 rods. There's no way I'm going to do that. He drags baits with 10 rods. And man. Man, I love old Junior, and I like watching his videos, but I'm telling you right now, we fish six out of the back. We're pulling forward, and it's hard to keep them from getting tangled up. If you get any size of a fish on at all, or if it's just a runner, if you get a runner, he's going to tangle them all up. Of course, it's funny when that happens to Dieter. It's not that funny. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit easier when you're watching somebody else pick out that mess, ain't it? 
Oh, yeah, I love watching Dieter get them all tangled up, but I don't care much for it when it happens to me. But now, Jake, they are some guys using planter boards fishing off the bank in these rivers. Yeah. They pitch them out there and let them planter boards pull their baits on out there, and them things will set right out there in front of their their bank where they're float fishing and use them like floats or put them on the bottoms, but put it in a specific area. Like you said, you use Navionics. Mm-hmm. If you know there's a river channel right out there and you want to fish the edge of that river channel and you can pretty much guesstimate, say it's 30 foot off of the bank, set and feed that cotton picking planter board and let it pull out to that 30 foot, then you know you're dropping your baits right on that river channel. Yeah, that's a good darn good idea. Yep. If yeah. you're, all you have to have is current. Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be the biggest thing. Again, my big rivers are the Illinois and the Mississippi and they're quite a bit of a drive, so I don't I'm kind of centrally located between several really good lakes in this area. So I'm about 30 minutes from any one of three lakes and maybe about an hour from another that all have really good, healthy. How far are you from the Fox River? I hear a lot of good things about the flatheads on the Fox. The Fox is fairly north of me. I'm not exactly how far I am from the Fox, but I'd say it's probably a good three hours, two and a half, three hours. Okay. That'd have to be a weekend trip, wouldn't it? Yep, yep. I know Mark fishes it quite a bit. And yeah, I know he lives pretty close to it. So A lot of other guys that, that are up there fish it uh, a lot. And I've wanted to fish that for some time. But what I've been hearing here lately is Lake Erie. I want to go fish that really bad next year if I get a chance. Now, I got out and fished the Mississippi this summer. I was uh, stuck in one of the Quincy locations that I work at, I was overnight, two nights over there. And so seven o'clock, I got off work, went to the hotel, changed clothes, and then took off down to the Mississippi to set up and fish for a while. That was pretty cool. Didn't catch anything, but it was awful cool to sit out there for the sunset and, and, you know, all that good stuff and just have that experience of fishing that big river. I've, uh, I've fished the Quincy area a number of times. I like fishing up there. Uh, below the Quincy Dam, if you would have went there, of course you didn't know, but you, there's a parking lot and a boat ramp below the dam would have probably been a really good spot for you to do to went bank fishing. Uh, but I love fishing that area. Uh, there's some good fish in there certain times of the year, but there's always fish there. Uh, yeah. And above there, uh, all the way up to Keokuk Dam is is great and above kick of course there's no there's no uh no blue cats to speak of uh northeast kansas fishermen catfishing in lake erie yeah that's that's where i'd like to go i'd like to go up there and try that i think that would be a blast i hear so many good things about the numbers of fish that's been caught out of that lake that i I just think i need to be there you don't know do you throw What's that? I said, you don't know to your throw. That's, That's just like exactly him talking right. about it in the Mississippi. He said he didn't catch nothing, but don't you could have went down there and put that next world record on the bank when you're fishing in the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very possible. We've caught we've caught some great fish out at Mississippi River up up above Quincy and, like I say, all the way to the Kick-Up Dam. We've caught some great fish in the St. Louis area too. But uh, And there is a lot more probably – I don't know how far you go south, but down around the uh, 
the confluence at Columbia Bottoms, they have they have several places that you can bank fish from down there. I see a lot of people doing it. Some of them along the banks of the river, and they actually have concrete platforms you can stand out off the bank and fish. So uh, it's kind of cool. Now, being bank fishermen, are you one of these people that rear back and throw it as far as you can throw off of the bank, or do you set them at different depths and different areas while you're bank fishing? It, it depends on the area that I'm in. If, if I know I want to hit a specific area, then yeah, I've, I've got a couple setups that allow me to do that. But if I, if I know I don't want to, or if I'm looking to try and figure out where those fish are at, if they're out there deep or if they're up in a little bit more shallower water, then yeah, I'll, I'll stagger rods and, and have them in different depths to kind of get a feel for where those fish may be reason i asked is i caught a 35 what january law and it was about 15 foot off of the bank yeah the river channel cuts real close but as where i was fishing it started swinging back out into the river so i had reared back and throw my long ones out there trying to get into the river section into the river channel then i pulled them back in and this one actually i throwed it and i hung it in a limb over my head and i just flipped it and i caught it was able to get it back off and where it hit i left it because it was, uh, I had a good head on there and I was scared if I moved it again, I was going to fling that head off and I was low on bait. So I didn't want to waste the bait. So I left it. And, uh, it wasn't about 30 minutes and that rascal took off. The only fish I caught all freaking day. So, uh, it was a good uh, thing that tree was there then, right? Yeah. And it wasn't 15 foot off of the bank. Yeah. So not all of them catfish is going to be out in the main part of the lake. They, you got they'll run them daggum them shorelines too. Oh yeah, yeah. I know old Chunky Cat hey, a swing and a miss. He don't care. He's gonna rear back and let it eat, man. He got, <laughs> he's gonna sling it with everything he's got to get it out there. And they might be some fifty pounders, hundred pounders swimming right there, five foot off of that bank right in front of him. He puts her out there. It's he using big old long rods, and he can send them. He he don't pull no bones, boy. I mean, he hauls off unless the big dog eat. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm like you. I want to fish. Now, do you bass fish any? Uh, not really. No. Well, bass, but not, the reason not I'm any. asking, uh, worm fishing with bass, like using a little bullet weight and a worm, can tell you a whole lot about bottom the bottom of where you're fishing. Yeah. Get you get you a decent bass rod. Days that you just want to go out there and learn your lake is worm fishing. You will learn to tell if there's shell, mud, silt, hard bottoms, or whatever, just by worm fishing and be a line filler. You will learn all kind of stuff and see it. You just about snag proof because you put the hook back into the worm. Yeah, it can be a lot of information just by worm fishing okay along the banks like that you might find stumps that you didn't know was there you might find a little hole that you've been fishing over top of the whole time just by throwing that worm out there and bumping it back across the bottom plus you'll have fun you'll catch you a bass or two and don't be surprised them old catfish will grab him caught big rubber worms too buddy yeah yeah but it's it's another tool in your in your arsenal you know, just like your hooks, your sinkers, your line is all tools for the job. 
So use every tool you can to get the job done. Oh, you got it, man. And that's a good thing. You always learn something. Stuff right. like even like this right here. Something like that right there is definitely something that I'd put to use. Yeah. Uh, and you know yourself, with flatheads, they like structure. Well, that one big old stump out there, they might not be nothing else around that area. So if there ain't nothing else around that area, you know good and well something's going to hang on that stump. Yeah, yeah. Go over a couple more people in chat. These in here, Mo Homesteading, fishing with the Chad. Chunky Cat's fishing himself has joined the, sh the chat. Avid Cat sure. Fisherman. There's James Dockery is still in here. I'm surprised. Still talking junk. Mr. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Bullhead Catcher. Setting hooks and crossing eyes. Mike Turner, Ernie Brown, uh, Justin Fishing Fetish, Fetish Creole. I think we got a lot of these. Yeah, Bumpus Cat was in here earlier. He was traveling home from his boys' ball game. Finn Seeker TV, Stan Smith, Mike Laughlin. Yes, I do, Mike. Uh, Mr. Gadget Fishing, Little Buckets of Sunshine, Palmetto Cats. We got a pretty good group in here tonight. Uh, QC Snap Sapper. What? That's a new name. That's a new name. QC yeah, QC Sapper. Yeah. Guys, well, if you see these new channels in here, go check them out. Share the love. Share the bait. Uh, There's Ace. Skip Stewart. Yeah. 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 Share them up. We have a lot of guys in here that not only for our channel, but a lot of the other channels will share links to uh, our guests and other people that are in chat for the different shows. So you can go out and, and recognize each and every one of them and, and, uh, be a part of what they do, and in turn, they will do the same for you. It works out really good for all of us, and uh, we're just we're just really happy that the community has worked into this. Now, when's your next catfishing trip? I uh, plan on doing a combo trip tomorrow morning. So, yeah, I'm going to take a flathead ride out with me, probably get it set up, and mess around on the bank for some crappie as well. So, we'll see, but Serious catfishing trip. Next one will probably be over on Lake Springfield once that water temperature starts cooling down a little bit. Um, I, even though it's been a tough summer over there, I have a feeling once that water temperature cools down, they'll start lighting back up. So, Well, now here's a question, Jake, that, that I uh, think would be a good question to ask. When you go out, say you go out tomorrow and you spend the day out there and you go home and you edit your video up, from the day you actually fish, how long is it before your video is produced and ready to publish? Well, that would just depend on how good the fishing's been recently. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> over the summer, it was get a video, edit it, and have it out that weekend. Now, right now, I'm, I'm edited out till November 1st. So I've got three videos scheduled for the upcoming three Sundays. I try to upload every Sunday at 6 o'clock. And uh, right now I'm pushed out till November 1st. So when the fishing's good and I've got free time, then I can kind of get videos stacked up, which gives me a little bit more leeway. And the pressure's not as high on you when you're out there fishing and, and you're not, I don't, know, I don't know, me as a YouTube creator, I, I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to get a video out and, and stay consistent because, you know, we were talking before we came on and, and, that's one of the big things, you know, I think if you're going to be a successful YouTube 
channel. You, you got to stay consistent and uh, keep videos coming out. And you want good content, um, but sometimes that pressure sits on you and you push a video and it may not come out the way you necessarily wanted it, you know. How many it's times always finding out what your goal is for YouTube? My goal personally? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I would love a full-time job in the fishing industry. Uh, since I was a youngster, you know, I wrote many papers in junior high and high school about becoming a professional bass fisherman. I was really into bass fishing when I was a teenager. And then, you know, late, late, teens, early twenties, I got big into cat fishing and then started a family and then that became just fun fishing. But honestly, what I'd like to get out of it is, you know, a, a full-time career. I, I realize that's a dream. So really, honestly, it's sharing my adventures, uh, having some feedback from people that watch my videos. I've had a lot of good, good subscribers reach out to me, thank me for what I'm doing and, and share some of their stories with me, some things that I've either said or done or shown in a video that they've really enjoyed and maybe has helped them out. And that's really a, a rewarding part of this as well as the feedback from the people that are watching you. QC Sapper, the people's names that are in blue with the wrench means that they are a mod moderator. And when things get out of hand with spammers or people doing or saying things that they shouldn't be doing, they can, uh, discipline them if they are a moderator. We had no trolls in a while. I hope, knock on wood, I yeah. hope we don't. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. I, and I have added a few uh, moderators, but um, we actually, uh, we haven't had too much trouble with that in some time. So, and I'm yeah. glad, you know, what we do and what, what Elston does and Chad and Jake and all of the people that that do what these shows throughout the week, we don't we don't need that stuff in in our shows. We have a lot of children, uh, young adults, whatever you want to call them, that watch our show. Uh, we don't. I'm not sure we personally have as many as we used to, but it used to be a, a whole lot of kids watched our show, and we still have some that do. But it doesn't matter who it is. There's a lot of us that do, and a lot of us have kids that follows us, and and this is not a place for uh, everybody's going to slip once in a while. I, I completely understand it because nobody is perfect, and I sure is not. But the ones that get carried away, and uh, you know, it's just a way of eliminating those issues, and and uh, everybody overlooks it a time or two. But after it becomes a habit, then it's time to do something, and that's what those guys do. Uh, do you take your kids fishing with you? I heard you say family, so. Well, they're all older now. My my oldest daughter is soon to be 25, and um, we've got another daughter soon to be 23, and then our son just turned 18. He's actually going to be leaving for the Air Force here next month. So, well, thank you, Patriot you know, James. Absolutely. We're definitely pretty proud of him for that. So being older, they don't necessarily like to come fishing with me no more. They got family and and stuff they're starting on their own and other things that are are important to them right now but i've got a grandbaby there you go and so next couple years you better believe it he's gonna be pawpaw's fishing buddy I, I want to tell you though jake they they get interested they quit fishing they get interested in hot rod cars or girls or boys whatever the happening thing is at that age span and then oh, yeah. 
they get out and get married and do a few things, the next thing you know, they'll start calling you on the phone and say, hey, Dad, are you going fishing this weekend? Yeah. Hey, can I go? And then it kind of starts all over again, and you think, yeah, you missed a little of it, but now you're going to absorb everything you can because you know you got to teach them kids yours when they grow up the same things that you're learning now. Yeah. So oh, yeah. come back. And we've definitely had a ton of fun out there fishing. They've definitely learned a lot. We've had uh, had a blast out there when they were younger, you know. Yep. So, Tara, don't let me say this name wrong. Tara Dora Arco, tell your son, thank you for his service. He's a Marine. Absolutely. We appreciate that so much. It's so important to all of us. Cindy and I had two sons that was in the military, so... Uh, it's extremely close to us when when these young men and women go in the military and uh, they don't have to do it. I mean, they do it because they want to, and and we're proud of each and every one of them for sure. Well, tell us one last thing before we get out of here. What was your funniest thing you ever had to happen to you mm. while fishing? Oh, funniest thing that I've ever had happen to me while fishing. <laughs> All right, I got a good one. <laughs> Here we go. So I'm fishing with a friend of mine. We're sitting out on the river and, and we're sitting on a log jam. And, and it's a pretty big log, enough room for both of us. We're out there catfishing. And this was back when we was maybe 19, 20 years old, you know, smoking cigarettes back then. And he gets out his cigarettes and tells me it's a secret weapon. So he packs his cigarettes and puts one in his mouth and lights it, sets the cigarettes next to him. Well, he knocks them in the water. So that, that frustrates him. He, he leans over and steps on a stick to pick him up out of the water, and the stick broke, and he fell straight headfirst into the river, all the way gone. He disappeared and then popped up. Broken wet boy, he was angry, but I just laughed. <laughs> that, that's probably the funniest thing that's ever happened. I, I definitely cracked up on that one. Well. I, I, I try to ask everyone, so I forget to ask everybody, but everybody has that funny time that when you think back, it don't matter what you're doing, and that memory comes across your mind, you just bust out because you can see it just as plain as day in your mind. Yep. Let me uh, catch up with something here right quick, and I've got one more thing to go over to. That'll fix that for you, Avid. I, I seen something a while ago in chat, and I really didn't understand it. But for those of you that watched the uh, YouTube couples tournament yesterday, you would have noticed that not only did, did my buddy James catch that little bullhead he called a flathead, he was laying out the drum. So, James Dockery, Paul Rumpa-Pum-Pum to you. <laughs> the great drum catcher uh, you know we're going to have James we're going to have to get James Dockery on here one of these days Yes, sir. Um, I hate to let him defend himself but I've been on him pretty hard and and um, I'm sure he would like to have some equal time rebuttal well everybody was on him the other day everybody was on him but he it, you know he conditioned out so uh, yeah <laughs> We love old James. He's the man. There's no question about that. And uh, I and Katie do a lot of good for a lot they of people. They do a lot of good for a lot Stand of people. Stand up, people. 
Jake, I love your channel. Love everything you do. Can't thank you enough for coming on and being a part of our show tonight. Uh, you could have been fishing or watching Monday night football or whatever it is that you choose to do instead of doing this with us. And we appreciate it so much. Thank your son again from all of us uh, for joining the Air Force. That's a, that's a great thing. I just had a, a really good friend of mine. Uh, his, I knew his dad really well. Just spent 29 years in the United States Army and he just retired and had bought a house in Alaska. And that's where he's at now. Um, Jackie, thank you for everything you've done for us for all those years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it means so much. And people don't say it often enough, but our military is the greatest part of the United States, in my mind, that we have. And everybody that serves uh, should be thanking each and every one of them every time they see them. Yes. Yeah, so when you make up in new when you make up in new videos and stuff like that, share them over here on Catfish Weekly. Share them down there on Patriot Catfishers, guys. Uh, check them out, guys. Give him some love. Share them up and uh, hit him some thumbs up. And why yet it hit us some thumbs up tonight too, Law. We forgot to ask them to do that for us. Yep. If you don't mind, hit hit the thumbs up. Share the video. Join our uh, Facebook group page. We would love to have a few more on there. We appreciate everything that everybody does for us. And uh, we try to watch as many as we can and, and get things done. But, again, Jake, thank you so much for being a part of Catfish Weekly. Uh, we need to get you back on here this spring or something. And uh, I would I was serious about meeting you in St. Louis and going fishing one of these days. I'm going to get my shoulder all done up, and we'll try to make that happen. Definitely. No, I appreciate you guys having me. It was a, it was a pleasure to meet you, James. Yes, um, sir. You know, You'll see more of it. I'll be checking out your videos. Excellent. Excellent. And, you know, everybody that's watching, I appreciate anybody that's coming over my way and showing me some love. I'll, I'll definitely get over there and, and show the same same love that way. But definitely a pleasure being on here tonight. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'll be getting a few tonight. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. So, uh, Let's see. Today is the twelfth. Let's see if I got a. Oh, we have another good one, and you might know this guy, the weekend angler Josh will be on Catfish Weekly next Monday night. Okay. So uh, Josh is will be another fun show, like like uh, Jake was tonight, and we are just uh, excited to have these kind of quality people be on our show. So. Uh, make sure that you show them some love and subscribe to their channels and let them know that you've seen them on Catfish Weekly so they know that their time was well spent with James and I on a Monday night. Jake, thanks a lot. See everybody next Monday night on Catfish Weekly. Take care.